0: Hi, I'm Brian Volkweis, and you are listening to Four Finger Discount. Four Finger Discount, dude.
1: Welcome to Four Finger Discount today. We are very lucky to be joined by a man who is the mastermind behind the hit new series Icons Unearthed. They are focusing on The Simpsons for this season, previously on Star Wars. You may also know some of his lesser known projects like the toys that made us and the movies that made us. But he is, of course, the one and only Brian Falk Weiss. How are you doing, sir? Thanks for your time.
0: I'm all right. Thank you for having me.
1: You look very relaxed there with your diet Coke.
0: I'm pretty relaxed. (laughs) It's been a good Monday. It's been a while since I've had a Monday in the office, so I'm one of those weirdos who's uh, excited to be in the office.
2: You are indeed the hardest working man in show business. I mean, I don't know about that. James Brown just, you know, go take a break.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's uh, been a lot of travel this year. Holy moly.
1: Icons unearthed The Simpsons. Let's get it out of the way first. So the finale airs November 9th on Vice. It's going gangbusters. People are loving it. The series focuses not only on just the production of The Simpsons, but also its impact in helping grow the Fox network when it first began and its legacy on pop culture as a whole. The Simpsons, one of the longest-running shows of all time, huge history, we're all super fans, we all love the show. How do you possibly even begin to fit all of that into six episodes?
0: It it is. I mean, not to be funny and not to be cliched, even though it'll at least be cliched, uh, it it was not easy. Uh, I mean, it was extremely hard and... You know, we've done a lot of shows of a similar nature where we're talking about cultural nostalgic things from toys to movies we do behind the attraction for Disney Plus. So but for Simpsons, unlike Star Wars, you know, we've already announced season three is Fast and Furious. All of those followed a somewhat traditional structure. This one, we had to come up with a new structure. Partially because it is so long, but also partially because like there's no actors like there, you know, there's voice actors, there's whatever, animation directors. But, you know, a lot of the way we traditionally make our shows is by interviewing the cinematographer, the the prop maker, the the lighting designer, whatever. And like we couldn't do that here. So what we ended up doing for the first time and maybe the only time um, we organized it based on creative principles. So the first episode is about basically it's as much about the rise of Fox as it is about the rise of Simpsons. Then we did an episode about the characters, an episode about the writers, the showrunners and whatnot. And that was the best we could come up with. If anybody sees what we did and has a better idea, it, it would be great to hear it because we really racked our brains. And this was the best we could come up with. And based on the ratings and the, the DMs and all that crap, it seems people are happy.
2: I think the best you can come up with is actually pretty darn good, man. I mean, um, I'm a card-carrying member of Generation X, and I mean, I was around for sort of like the rise of Fox in the uh, in the late '80s, and uh, it was it really was a fascinating time because you know you've got this upstart taking on the established three networks in the U.S. You know, how are they going to go about that? How do they distinguish themselves? And of course, you know, they do it by you know being the loudest guys in the room, but also the smartest guys in the room, thinking laterally. I was really fascinated by how you depicted that in the in the show.
0: Uh, you're very kind. I'm glad you dug it. It's what we tried to do.
2: Did you learn anything doing this?
1: Series? <laughs> I know you said when you did when you did your interview with uh, with Marshall Lucas, you learned fifty to sixty new things in, over the course of the six hours. And being a a super fan of Star Wars, you were surprised by that. And I'm a I consider myself a pretty big fan of Simpsons doing this was there anything that caught you off guard where you went how did i not know this
0: well no because uh i don't always it's funny there's a there's the perception that we only do things that i'm personally crazy about Mm -hmm. um the first example that proved that is not the case was the he-man episode of toys that made us which based on what we hear every day that's considered within reason to be the most popular episode we made i didn't know a goddamn thing about he-man and i knew (laughs) i definitely knew more about the simpsons than he-man by far but i really like and i really respect the simpsons but i wasn't like a simpsons nutcase Mm -hmm. the way i was a star wars nutcase or a star trek or he or a GI Joe or Transformers nutcase. So I learned a lot. I mean, I I learned tons because I didn't know that much.
1: So it's a case of what makes the most business sense. And honestly, The Simpsons is probably one of the biggest positives you can make when it comes to business because everyone loves The Simpsons. Who's not going to watch a documentary about The Simpsons?
0: We, We have quote unquote rules that we try to follow as it relates to picking our subjects. One of the the most important rule, I would say, in the first rule is we call it the Mount Rushmore test. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that we basically think of a simulated pop culture Mount Rushmore. And is there at least one character from an IP that if it was on the Mount Rushmore, everybody would know who it is? so obviously simpsons has you know at least 200 qualifying characters then the next question is is it at least a two generation ip we try to have at least three generations if not four obviously i watched the simpsons when i was 10. my kids watch the simpsons now the oldest of which is eight so i guess that's at least two generations i think simpsons is a three, gen- I just got married and had kids late. Oh, congratulations. I think <laughs> Simpsons for most people is three generations. Yeah, And then last but not least, any IP we cover has to have a good story. And Simpsons uh, without a doubt, regardless of who's the documentarian of the week, uh, had a great story. So it had the three things we needed to
2: proceed. Something that i really have dug about the, uh, about the series, uh, Brian is that it feels like you're digging the dirt without being a muckraker. <laughs> I mean, this, uh, this is a, re- this is a really interesting behind the scenes story. I mean, you've got very creative people. You've got people who have got justifiably large egos, um, often working in tandem, I mean, generally working in tandem, but occasionally they're going to bump up with one another. And it, you know, it feels if, I- even if you have not as much interest in the Simpsons. It's still just a really fascinating story. I mean, did you find that as you went along, it's like, these are, geez, these are just interesting people.
0: Well, I'm glad you pointed that out because that's another one of our quote unquote rules. We don't punch down. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to ever make anything where we're crapping all over the thing we're making. By the way, I'm a huge documentary consumer going back to high school where like you had to go to movie theaters to see documentaries. So my high school barely overlapped with blockbuster. Um, So like I would, until Netflix, like within reason, you'd have to go to a movie theater to see documentaries. So like I've seen so many documentaries And I'm not saying my conclusions are for everybody, but I've come up with things that I do in my shows that I learn from watching other people do things I like and also people that did things I didn't like. And one of the things I've seen a few documentaries do that I hate is when they will pick a topic they obviously don't like. And it's like, are you making a documentary instead of paying for a psychiatrist? Like, you know, there have been, like, by the way, companies have come to us and asked us to make shows for them about their own IP that we have passed on, because either I had no interest in the IP whatsoever, or I adamantly disliked the IP and thought it you was... You can name stupid. names, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, by the way, we've had a cl- close calls. So i I'm not going to say which it is. But there is a Toys That Made Us episode where I absolutely did not wanna do it. And luckily found a way to tell the story in a fun way. Mm -hmm. But like, if you look at my toy collection, we've made 12 episodes so far of Toys That Made Us. I have 11 representatives of that series.
1: So we're talking about Barbie, right? (laughs) What's that? So we're talking about Barbies, right?
0: (laughs) We are not.
1: Oh, okay. I actually
0: have a, a gen a gen one B Barbie doll. Wow. So and I actually have more Barbies than that. But uh, but I did not have any Barbie dolls before Toys That Made Us, just like I had no sim, um He Man
1: yep. before Toys That Made Us. You have you own, I believe it's like over three and a half thousand toys, somewhere around that mark, is that right?
0: Yeah, it's 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 officially closer to four thousand than okay. thirty five thousand.
1: Good golly. Uh, how many well, of these are Simpsons-related?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> uh, slightly embarrassed by that statement. I'm very but jealous, I, but I am definitely not bragging. Uh,
1: how many of these are Simpsons-related, if any?
0: I got my first two Simpsons pieces this year. Were those like
1: the Super months. Seven ones, or
0: one is Super Seven, one is the old Playmates?
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because those Super Seven ones are great.
0: Same character.
1: Same character. Can we guess? Oh, I'm
0: lying. I'm lying. I have three. I have two from Super 7 uh, and one from Playmates. Two are of the same character. Uh, One is of a different character.
1: Which Simpsons character do you relate to the most, do you feel?
0: Do I relate to? I'll be honest with you. And, I mean, I swear to you I'm being honest. I could be wrong, but I'm being honest. And this has been since the Tracy Allman days. Homer Simpson.
1: Yeah, I think there's a reason they made him. They made him the star after the first couple of seasons. They went. Wait a minute. I think everyone likes this guy more than Bart. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I never related to Bart. Um, I only really related to Homer and Lisa uh, of all. To this day, uh, though, I do give an honorable mention uh, in a similar way to how I kind of dig Emperor Palpatine. I love Mr. Burns. Yeah, like and though two of my Simpsons are Mr. Burns. And one is, I forget his name right now, but the, uh, the obvious uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Actor. Oh, Randy Wolfcastle, yes. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> Yeah. I, have yeah. That.
1: I also have that figure you're talking about. Favorites. For some reason for me, I always gravitated towards the villains. What about you when it came to, to film and whatnot? Like Star Wars, it was always Darth Vader for me. I did love Yoda because I was a big Muppet fan, but I'm always about the villains.
0: I, I never got the Darth Vader thing. I never? always was Luke. And it's funny, most of my friends were either Han or Vader. Um, I was one of the, and I always, I became a crazy Luke fan with Return of the Jedi. I'm very attracted to characters that are damaged, that are aware that they're damaged, and are fighting between good and evil, and ultimately end up good. My, and this is best uh, summed up. My um, wedding gift that my groomsmen got me was the scene. and It's my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. Um, it's the moment where Luke looks at his hand uh, right before he's about to kill Vader at the energy shaft. Um, and he looks at his hand and he realizes he's becoming Vader. Mm-hmm. And he throws away his lightsaber so that I literally have it in the other room. It's the it's that moment where he's looking at it. He's holding his lightsaber in one hand, about to kill his father, and then he remi- he's reminded that he's got a metal hand, and he like I said, he throw That's my favorite moment. And then the only other character in Star Wars that I love with equal passion to Luke is Ahsoka Tano, and you can clearly argue she's within reason walking the same path. That Luke walked, yeah. and only in the Mandalorian did we find out what path she chose.
1: What's your thoughts on the CGI Luke in Mandalorian? If you're a big Luke fan,
0: dude, I don't care what anybody says. If you didn't know the truth, you would have no idea
1: that was CGI. That is true. I cried in the finale at the end.
0: <laughs> I, I, dude, I didn't. It looked like I fucking fell in a pool. I, you know, <laughs> but I, and I'll tell you this. I remember getting out of Rogue One and you know, my wife and I are driving home. And you know, after about twenty minutes, I eventually said, and I cannot believe how good Tarkin looked. Mm -hmm. And my wife said, What do you mean? And I'm like, Oh, right. You know the guy who's like the boss of the empire, right? You know, who like she was like, Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, that actor's been dead for ten years. And like she had no idea.
2: Wow.
1: My wife was the same with um with the finale of, of season two of Mando, because I showed her that the, the end scene with Luke. And she goes, when was this filmed? Because he's young. Yeah. I was like, it was filmed this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, he's not real. <laughs> it absolutely works.
2: Are you an Andor guy, Brian?
0: It, I honestly think it might be. I know it's not over yet. I think it might be the greatest television show of all time. Not just Star Wars. <laughs>
2: Guys, gonna be very happy. Now. I have seen every something.
0: episode at least twice. I watched episode four three times. I, I, there's been nothing like it, and it, it. I tell everybody, it's as good as season one of Game of Thrones, as good mm. as season four of Breaking Bad. I, I am not aware of a better show, dude. I was googling dialogue because I thought they were like copying it, and I'm like, oh no. They just like this writing yeah. and like trying to get people to watch it. I'm like, there is a major plot line where a guy gets fired and has to move back in with his mom. On, <laughs> that's a plot line. <laughs> so that's what I tell people without giving a major spoiler to let them understand quickly, mm-hmm. this ain't like any other show ever.
2: I know now, I am just obsessed with
0: it. I thought Boba Fett was an enjoyable f. I thought Obi Wan Kenobi was a d- awful, awful f. Um, <laughs> and I almost didn't even watch this. I was so beaten up, and I I just gave it a shot. And I knew I knew from the first shot of the first episode, where they're just looking at the lights going by. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they got it. And my God, did they get it. It's
1: it's funny how that's happened when Disney's now owning Star Wars. I feel like they burn us out and they come out with something good. And that good thing doesn't get the acclaim it deserves because everyone's already burnt out. I feel it's the same with Solo, the film.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Thank (laughs) you for saying that. I loved Solo. I saw it twice in the theaters. And I'm, I'm completely in agreement with you. It was only because Last Jedi was so off.
1: Yep. Yeah, just the, the bad taste in our mouths. But something I want to say, get back to the toys that made us actually just quickly with Star Wars. I think my favorite moment in anything you've made is the, the story about the licensing, how they lost the agreement by not paying the, the $10,000, whatever it was. That's mind-blowing. That's just incredible to me.
0: Uh, it's it's a pretty crazy story. Yeah, I think,
1: I think that episode of toys that made us is my favorite thing you've by ever the way, produced. By why
0: do you bring that up? You'll love this then. We only put things in episodes that we can prove at least three sources. Yep. Something we could never prove, but I am all but positive is true: is people at Hasbro knew about it and deliberately let it lapse. Wow. Because they wanted to. Uh, am I, can I curse?
1: Yeah, of course you can. You've already cursed. You <laughs>
0: Now I'm asking after fifty f Bobs, <laughs> they just wanted to fuck over um the Hassenfelds, Wow. like because basically, Hasbro bought Kenner, and in a very bizarre twist, put the Kenner people in charge of Hasbro. So, like the guy running HBO uh, HBO, the guy running G i Joe was replaced with a Kenner guy. The guy running Star Wars was replaced with a Kenner guy, Mm -hmm. which is very strange when one company buys another, (laughs) then have the leadership taken from the company that almost went bankrupt. But anyway, so we are all but positive that was a very deliberate mistake made to hurt Hasbro.
2: Cost a lot of money.
0: Billions. Yeah, exactly.
2: Brian, I'd like to jump back to the Simpsons for just a moment and ask about your uh, the interviews that you got the, uh, the the gets that you got. Was there anyone or any any few people in particular who you were just like, "This is gold! Oh my god, I am I am just getting some absolute riches out of this person."
0: I mean, it, it this was such an interesting show because obviously you say Marsha Lucas and everybody knows what you're talking about. But like we got people like Bill Oakley, Garth Ann Sear, like, you know, is Garth is exciting on paper is getting Sigourney Weaver for aliens? No, of course not. I get that. But Garth has never talked about The Simpsons before. And Garth gave us what is my favorite piece of knowledge that we got in the six episodes, which is... If James L. Brooks wasn't negotiating his next movie deal with Fox and to get the deal closed, forced them to greenlight The Simpsons, there's no Simpsons. Hmm. And then those poor movies that Fox got in exchange for greenlighting The Simpsons, basically all bombed, (laughs) and yet The Simpsons is still getting made and talked about 37 years later.
1: What's incredible is we interviewed one of the showrunners of The Simpsons now, Matt Salmon, uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was telling us how James L. Brooks still comes to the table reads and gives his pointers on episodes. It's amazing that 30 years on, the man is just, his fingerprints are still all over the show.
0: It's it's a beautiful thing and I think it reflects in the quality of the show.
1: Was there anyone that you wanted to get that either didn't return your calls or just like, eh, it's just not really for me? I feel like Swartzwelder would have been a huge get for you if you could have got John Swartzwelder.
0: I mean... No series have we ever done where we got less people than we wanted. Yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. we got close to nobody. And part of the reason is it's the only thing we have ever covered ever that, like, the people there in the beginning. Like, anybody who was working on Star Wars, you know, 50 years ago is gone, Yeah, including George. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still a very tight-knit show and community. Almost everybody who worked on it is still getting paid back end. And we just we were not able to get the volume and quality of people that we normally get. But the people that we did get, which and don't get me wrong, they were not easy to get at all. Um, I mean, that it allowed us to make the show we did. But if I had to pick one person that I wanted and tried so hard to get. Uh, it was MK Brown, and very understandably, she didn't want to talk to us.
1: Okay, well, that's fair enough. It's, it's a shame, because it was is it a case of just time constraints, or do you, do you feel like if you were given more time, you maybe could have swayed some people to be on board, or was it just a case of it was never going to happen?
0: Having been making shows like this now for five years, its it really is, to some degree, it's random. Like on Aliens, we got Sigourney Weaver, but we could not get the second AD. So it's always kind of random who you get and how you get them. But Simpsons, honestly, if we had an extra year, I don't know if we could have gotten that many other people. Like I said, it's not a small variable that a lot of the people we wanted to talk to, A, have been working on the show uninterrupted for almost four decades. So when we say to them, hey, you want to do an interview? And they check with the show... And they're told no, don't do it. What? Are of course, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And you had people like I also really wanted like Jennifer Tilly, but like because you know obviously mm. we couldn't get um, Sam. So <laughs> like, but why would she do it? She's yeah. still getting back end, most likely.
2: That, that so was astonishing was, to me that you know that the Sam Simon estate is still getting like ten mil a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's staggering what the show generates.
1: You mentioned before that you've announced Fast and the Furious. So I'm assuming Vin Diesel's already signed up for this because why would you do it without him, right?
0: Uh, We do not have Vin Diesel. And by the way, frequently we don't have the people at his level. Okay. So, But this one in many ways was much easier to make comparatively to The Simpsons because no one's done it before. I, and by the way, if I'm wrong, please tell me because I don't want to keep saying that. But, like we did Star Wars, and like we're far from the first people to do a documentary about Star Wars. Now we bring our own style, we bring our own quote unquote skills. but many people have done documentaries about Star Wars. Yes, I'm asking you, have you ever heard of or seen a real? I don't mean a twenty minute blu-ray or
1: special feature yeah
0: nobody has done a documentary on fast and furious and this is a this is one of the biggest franchises in our civilization's history
2: yeah but but it's got such a great sort of i want to say arc but i mean it's it's really a roller coaster because i mean oh you know it's it's a franchise that kind of died on the vine and then just vin diesel just Hit hit the defibrillators on it and brought it back. All of a sudden, it's, it becomes this absolute monster. And there's this all this behind the scene again, like The Simpsons. All this behind the scenes sort of to and fro. You don't know how much of it is kayfabe between Diesel and the Rock. It's I'm I'm psyched, man. How are we even make it? Get off Get <laughs> offline. Go go do it now. It's <laughs>
0: it's it's coming. And I am saying this about the story, not our abilities so i don't want this to come off as egotistical i am only talking about the story of that franchise it is fantastic it is mind-blowing it is hysterical and i mean it truly should not have worked at all and by the way i'm looking at the list right now i mean other than like star wars I mean, it's one of the only things that was created whole cloth out of nothing.
2: I always said that the luckiest man in show business is a guy named Gary Scott Thompson, who wrote the original Fast and Furious screenplay. I don't think he's been involved with it since, but, you know, nine nine movies on, they're just throwing a check at that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, ten movies on, by the way. And by the way, that... there's a cartoon coming. Yeah. I mean... They, this it's, it's, I can say this because I have nothing to do with it. I mean, it really is just beginning. I, I mean, they, they, they have made 10 films and it is about to become even more Marvel Cinematic Universe than it is now.
1: It's one of your rules when you're thinking of shows to make that we're only going to make this if we can bring the audience something they haven't heard before?
0: Yes, have to,
1: mm.
0: 100%. Yeah. And yeah, okay. we're obsessed with it, you know. During our research phase, which lasts usually about five months, and we do pre-interviews during that phase. Uh, by the way, almost all the interviews. When you see people on the TV show, that is usually the third time we've interviewed them. Yeah. We usually do two pre-interviews, one of which, the second of which is recorded before the main interview. So. Yeah, we have only once greenlit something and then un-greenlit it because while we were doing that process, it didn't live up to what we needed, okay. to your point, to bring new information to the public. Um, so since uh, I believe this show is an Australian show with Australian listeners, I want to point out that our lead edit- editor, a guy named Ben Frost, uh, who has worked on almost everything we've done since Toys That Made Us Season 1... Uh, Ben Frost is an Australian uh, and we are very lucky to have him and if anybody knows Ben please let him know you heard me give him a shout out on (laughs) this awesome show.
1: Sounds like a a great man.
0: He is (laughs) a great man. More importantly very talented. All
1: right. well we're running out of time but before we go the finale of The Simpsons Icons on Earth tell our listeners and our viewers on YouTube what can we expect? What what are we going to see in this final episode? What, What surprises can we expect?
0: Well If we did our job right, all the setup we've been doing in the prior five episodes, we pay off. Mm -hmm. So you'll understand basically any questions that you've always had about The Simpsons, which we've been tugging at during the first five episodes, all of that gets answered in the sixth episode. So you'll understand why does the show look the way it does? Why did the writing quality never go down for almost four decades? Like. All these things you've wondered about—why did Conan leave? All of that gets answered in the sixth episode.
1: What? What a salesman! Yeah, well, absolute salesman. Yes. Well, thank you, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It's very informative. I feel like we're on the same wavelength when it comes to Star Wars. I feel like we could talk for hours just about Andor if we wanted to, but we won't do that. Don't forget, guys, to catch the finale of Icons on Earth: The Simpsons, November 9th on Vice. I'm not sure when—is it going to be available in Australia at all? Because yes. Yes, where can we pick it up in Australia? Do you know?
0: Not answer that yet. Okay uh, then. <laughs> the, deal, the deal is done and the deal is signed uh, and it will be announced.
1: Okay, I, I have some ideas, but we shall soon see them when that comes to fruition. But thank you once again, Brian. Hope you have a fantastic day and um, good luck with the finale of Simpsons Icons Unearthed.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thanks
2: heaps, Brian.